I want live design to be taught in schools. I want mothers to be teaching it to their daughters because I really want all women all over the world to be living their lives by design and not by accident. And I feel like we don't get taught enough life coping skills. Hello, friend. I'm your host, Olena Mitrak, and this is the Spark Your Life podcast, a place where we go personal and way beneath the surface to learn how to be happy and successful both at the same time. No more need to compromise or choose one over the other. You can have it all. See this as your perfect coffee break podcast that will inspire you to go ahead and take that first step towards a truly exceptional and extraordinary life. Let's dive in. Hello, my favorite life designers, and welcome to another episode of the Spark Your Life podcast. Today, I would like to talk about learning, learning in general and learning life design in particular. You might have heard me say before that I want life design to be taught in schools. I want mothers to be teaching it to their daughters because I really want all women all over the world to be living their lives by design and not by accident. And I feel like we don't get taught enough life coping skills. We learn so many good things at school, elementary, middle, high school, university, But for some reason, nobody really teaches us how to be living our lives. And this is, in my opinion, the most important thing, the most important skill that you can potentially learn. And what's interesting is it's not only what we learn, like in my case, live design. So yes, I need to come up with the system that I want to be teaching, but it's also how we learn. Because not all learning techniques and frameworks and ways to learn are equally efficient. Some work better than others because ultimately our goal is not just to pass some test and then forget everything, especially when it comes to life coping skills, right? We don't want to just pass the test and get some good grades. It doesn't make any sense. Our goal is to be able to successfully and consistently apply what we have learned in our own lives, to make it part of our lifestyle, long-term, not just for the short amount of time, but long-term. And this is why I have been thinking a lot lately about how to teach live design in the most efficient way. And I feel like there is a lot for us to learn and to develop in this space, because when it comes to teaching life skills, I think there are two primary ways people teach this or learn this, and I find both of these ways to have their advantages and disadvantages, and these are courses and life coaching, whether it's group coaching or one-on-one coaching. Let's take courses, for example. I think online education in general has been booming, in particular since COVID started in the last few years. Everybody went online with the technology, with internet, with all the devices, everything being so accessible. It's very easy for teachers, for coaches, for experts to share their knowledge in a way, of course. And it has its own advantages because it's easy to create a course and put all of your knowledge in there. And because of that, it gives students the strong foundation. It can teach them 
the complete big picture. But on the other hand, it lacks accountability and interactivity. And let me ask you this, how many times have you maybe downloaded the course or signed up for the course and you never even finished it? You maybe started, you maybe were halfway through, but you never got to finish it. You never got to get to the finish line. Or maybe even if you finished it, then you forgot everything that you learned. I can tell from my own experience that for a majority of courses that I took, once I'm done with the course, I don't go and implement it. It's the life gets in the way, our usual routines kick in, and it's really hard to stick to what you learned. You might be feeling very excited as you're learning, but once you're done, it's very hard to continue expanding on that. On the other hand, if we're talking about life coaching and in particular one-on-one coaching, it creates a lot of accountability. It creates a lot of guidance and it removes all the guesswork, right? So instead of trying to guess what it is that you need to do next, the coach will help you. The coach will guide you. But at the same time, it's hard to get that big picture. You start to rely on your coach too much. You need them to tell you what's next, what's coming up. You don't know what to do without them because they rarely give us complete picture. They rarely set the whole foundation. They give us information piece by piece what you need right now. But what that means is while it is actually very useful for you in this moment, it means that you don't know what you're going to be doing and what you're going to be needing tomorrow when your situation changes. So as I said, both these approaches, they have some of their advantages, like when it comes to courses, it helps create that strong, complete foundation. And with life coaching, it creates that guidance, that framework, it removes the guesswork. So you don't need to figure out on your own what to do next, but they also have their drawbacks. So what I have been spending my time lately is trying to come up with a better way to teach and to learn. And in order to do this, I've been trying to look around for some other examples that are completely unrelated to life coaching, personal development, life coping skills. And I would like to share a few of these examples and a few of my findings with you today so we can together brainstorm around why some of these ways of learning are more efficient than others. And hopefully by the end of the episode, we'll come up with the perfect way to learn anything and life design in particular. And the first example that I would like to talk about is just the school education, normal school, elementary, middle, high school. And I... I guess I'm in a good position because I have seen examples of two different educational models. When I grew up, and I grew up in Ukraine, our standards of education were very academic. We had a lot of subjects, history, physics, political science, economy, math, chemistry. They were all its own subject. So we had 15 or 20 subjects on rotation. And on one hand, it was giving students, me included, a lot of fundamental academic theoretical knowledge. On the other hand, it was all very disconnected. Like all these subjects, they were all unrelated to each other. We were learning math in the math classes, but then we were going to physics and we were pretty much using the same mathematical rules, but it didn't feel connected. It didn't feel like it was all following the same theme, which made it much harder to connect the dots and to be able to apply what you're learning in real life. And another thing that I 
notice now that I, I can look back and see how I was learning even when I was in high school or in university, in college, is it was very much oriented on independent learning. There were pretty much no group projects, group assignments. Everybody was on their own. You always have your own homework. You independently study. You take your test independently. It was never promoting or encouraging any group brainstorming or group working environment. And so when me and Dasha, when we moved to the United States and when it was time for her to go to kindergarten, I was very pleasantly surprised how different the educational model is here. It's much more collaborative. It's much more group-oriented. And it's much more holistic in a way that she doesn't have these independent subjects. She has social studies instead of history and geography. It's all social studies. They talk about these topics together, culture, economy, political science. They're all called one subject, social studies. Or same for science. Instead of having physics and chemistry and biology, it's science. So it gives the students ability to look at things in a more holistic way, in a more complete way. And I think it's very beneficial in a way that it allows you to see that big, full picture instead of just seeing pieces or fragments of it. And another interesting thing that I noticed is that education here in the United States is much more project or group oriented. Like I remember at the end of last school year, Dasha had a group project assignment to come up with the plan for a trip to some country. So they were divided in groups of, I think, five students, and every group needed to come up with the place, a city or country where they want to go. They were given a budget, amount of money that they were allowed to spend. And so they needed to come up with the whole plan, trip itinerary, including what kind of flight tickets they would book, what hotel they would be staying at, what kind of sightseeing they would do. And I remember it was so fun watching Dasha and her classmates doing that. They chose Tokyo. And I remember I was helping her come up with some flight options from Houston to Tokyo. And she was doing a ton of math, trying to figure out how much money she would have left after they buy the flight tickets. And it was also amazing to see how they were working together because they needed to come up with a presentation. And I remember... Dasha was working on one part of the presentation and then her friends were working on other parts of the presentation and they were all FaceTiming each other and they were discussing the project. And it was an amazing piece of work. At the end of the day, that presentation that they created, that plan of a five-day trip to Tokyo was very impressive. They mapped out everything. They knew which cafes that they were going to be eating at or which restaurants that they were be going to what sites they were going to be seeing, what hotel they were going to be staying. So it involved math and geography and culture. And also it involved a lot of group work, which I believe has a lot of power. Whenever you get together with other people, it just creates a completely different environment. It's not just you anymore. You get this whole combined big brain when all these smart people get together and everybody brings their own opinion, their own perspective, their own experience. And as a result, you really create something amazing. So that's definitely something to, to take away from this model of education. And now let's just move on to a completely different example, something unrelated to the traditional school education, learning how to drive a car. And I can only 
speak about how I learned how to drive a car back in Ukraine. And I'm pretty sure it's, it's common here and it's, it's similar here. But anyway, the way it worked for me was, yes, at first we took a bunch of theory lessons. I remember having a driver's handbook, which I needed to read, and I needed to really study theory and all these examples of how you behave in an imagined intersection when lights go on or off or whatever. And then I remember something funny. So when I was done with the theoretical part of my study, and it was time for the first practical lesson, and I, I, I met my instructor for the first time. So I get in the car, and he gives me a look, and he's, okay, so you learn how to drive in theory. Now forget about it all. Now let's learn how to drive in real world. I thought it was so interesting. And then pretty soon I figured what he meant, because it's not just about you following the rules. It's about other people following the rules on the road as well. And whenever people don't follow the rules, you have to know how to react, right? If you only know how to act in accordance with some books, you will probably not be equipped to dealing with the situations and challenges in the real world. And so he was really pointing out to the moments when the book would say one thing, but he was like, actually, it would be dangerous in 99% of cases. You actually need to do this instead, even though it seems to be against the book, but this is what you should be doing to keep it safer for yourself and for others. And so what is interesting here and what I think we can all learn from this experience is it's very important to be learning alongside somebody who has real life experience. And I don't want to say anything wrong about coaching and coaches. I am a coach, so I don't want to say anything. But I think while it is important and while coaching might be helpful when it provides guidance, because this is what it is for, I think it creates additional and so much more power when the person who is coaching you, they also actually have that real life experience. When they don't only speak from the theoretical standpoint, but when they have experienced what you are going through, because then it creates so much more depth. Then they can speak to not just some theoretical high-level topics or concepts, they can actually give you specific examples how they were reacting in a particular situation, how they overcame a particular challenge. And this is when I think it becomes so much more powerful, when that aspect of coaching is combined with the aspect of mentoring. This is where the whole process, I think, is taken to a completely different level. And then let's just put this aside for a moment. And I want to discuss another, like a last third example from, again, a different part of my life. And this is about fitness training. So I started working with fitness trainer, with a personal trainer several years ago. And what I found really interesting and useful was, of course, that guidance, similar to guidance that the coach provides, right? It's a way that trainers tell you what to do. So you don't have to guess, you don't have to come into the gym and be wondering, what am I going to do today? They ask you a question, how you're feeling, how your body is feeling, what you want to focus on today, which parts of your body feel tight or sore. And then based on that, and based on their knowledge of you, they recommend the workout for the particular day. And it is very, very helpful having that guidance, having that 
contextual guidance from somebody who understands you, who knows you, who has learned you, who knows your abilities, who knows your situation. But of course, it's also that extra accountability when, when you know that somebody's going to wait for you at the gym at 4 p.m. every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. It gets harder for you to just be like, hey, I'm lazy. I don't want to do this. You don't want to look lazy, right, in front of other people. So it creates that extra commitment, extra accountability, which, again, life coaches also provide. And this is why having a coach is very important and very helpful. And also, coming back to the point of learning alongside somebody who has a real-life experience, I think we will all agree that if we are, let's say, looking for a personal trainer, we'll probably be looking for somebody who knows how the gym equipment works, right? Because we expect them to be experts. We expect them to know what they're doing, not just in theory, but in practice. Especially when it comes to our health or our life coping skills, we want to be sure that whatever knowledge that person has is not just theoretical knowledge, but they have tried it. They have tested it on themselves and they have proven that it is useful, but also not harmful. Because you can easily hurt yourself in the gym if you do something under supervision of an unexperienced trainer. Same applies to learning life skills. You want to make sure that whatever you learn is not going to harm you, right? You want to make sure that whatever you learn is going to actually help you. And this is why it's very important to be learning alongside somebody who has that real life experience. And last but not least, what I also think is important, and actually I had a conversation with somebody very recently, and they said, the amount of time it takes to learn something is directly connected with the amount of time we have to accomplish this thing. I thought it was very interesting. So if you're given, let's say, a week to complete a task, you will do your best to complete it within a week. If you are given your whole lifetime to complete this task, the chance is high that you will never get to it. And my point here is that I think it is very important to time box your learning experience. Whatever we try to learn, we don't want to just tell ourselves, oh, I have my whole life to learn this, to practice this, to master this, because then we won't have that extra pressure in a good way to get it done. On the other hand, when you do have that pressure, again, I want to emphasize that it's in a good way. You don't want to force yourself. But when you know that you only have a month or six months or a year to master something, you are more inclined to actually take advantage of this time that you have and get the most out of it while you have this opportunity. And I think besides other things, besides just the fact that it's easy to handle it this way for the standard education, but I think this is why all the standard programs, including MBA or any other educational program, they are all timed. Nobody gives you resources and they tell you, oh, you have as much time as you want to read through these resources. They always tell you you have a year or a semester or a trimester or whatever else that might be. So how do we take all this knowledge? Now that we have looked at all these different ways to learn things, all these common sense life examples, how we learn some basic skills. So how do we take this all together and how can we turn this into an ultimate, the most efficient learning experience? And to me, 
this is an experience that combines the strong foundation. Like the first step should be that strong academic theoretical foundation that will give you a complete picture, that will set you up for success because you will be already equipped with all the theoretical knowledge that is needed for you to propel further. So that's one part. But then we combine it with coaching and mentoring, with that guidance and real-life experience and having somebody alongside us who will help us define that next step so that we don't get lost because it's so easy to get lost when somebody throws at you that whole theoretical knowledge and they're like, just learn it. And you're like, what am I supposed to do with it, right? So one is you get this theoretical knowledge. Two, you get somebody who guides you and helps you understand how to best apply that knowledge, which pieces of this information are the most useful at this specific time and how you can use them at this specific time. And then on top of that, how can you add the power of group learning and brainstorming environment and that extra accountability that comes with it? How can you create that space, that container where people learn together, where people who are on the same journey, they can learn from each other, they, they can brainstorm with each other, and they share perspective, they share their experiences, and by doing that, they help each other. This is what, in my opinion, is an ultimate learning experience. And this is why I have designed Bravery 10X the way it is. This is why Bravery 10X is a six-month mentorship program. This is how I call it, but it's just so much more than mentorship. Once you join the program, you will be guided through the course. Yes, I do have a course inside the program because I do believe that the courses are good for delivering that initial set of information, initial set of foundational knowledge that you need in order to move forward. But then once you pass that course and it will only take you maybe a week or two weeks or three weeks max, then you get introduced into this interactive facilitated group environment where we have all these sessions and where I act as the mentor and a coach for all members, but also when members get together for all these sessions and have a chance and space to brainstorm together with each other and to discuss the challenges and successes together with each other and learn from each other. And the reason I say that it is a six-month program, again, because I think that it is important on one hand to time box it, but I also feel like it is very important to give yourself enough time to not just learn theory, but to learn how to apply it in practice, to get used to applying it in practice. And what I have found is six months is a reasonable time frame. It will give you enough time to practice all the techniques, all the tools, all the frameworks that you learn to be sure that you're comfortable with them, to ask questions if you are not comfortable with something and to get that guidance so that after you are done with these six months, you can go ahead and, and just take over. You can be on your own and you will know exactly what to do and how to do it. And you will have already done it for six months. That's the best part about it because it's all about practice. Speaking about coming back to the driving lessons, you can never become a driver if you're only sitting in the classroom. Same for pilots, right? You take a ton of theoretical classes, but then you start practicing in the simulators. Then you become the second pilot. 
And only after hours and hours and hundreds of hours of practice, you can become an actual pilot. Same applies to doctors. Whenever something is important enough that you don't want to screw it up, you have to make sure that you have practiced on multiple levels. And this is what we do inside Bravery 10X with the members, is we practice in this safe environment, but also in our real life. It's a combination of practicing during the sessions, but also practicing and applying these skills outside of the sessions and then getting together and discussing how it went and how we can improve and then try it again. It's all about that continuous learning in that interactive, empowering environment while having somebody who can guide you and somebody who can provide some advice based on their real-life experience. This is my thinking in general about how we can actually learn anything, but in particular, how I approach learning experience inside Bravery 10X and why Bravery 10X is what it is. And if that resonates with you, if you are curious to learn and to master life design, because I think there is a difference between learning and mastering, learning is more about theory. Mastering is about theory and practice. And this is what Bravery 10X is about. If you are really motivated and curious and want to master life design, and if my thinking resonates with you, please come join us. Or please feel free to take this and learn on your own because now hopefully you have learned a bit more. It's funny that I say you learned a bit more how to learn in a better way. And let me know what you think. Let me know if you agree or disagree or maybe if you have found some ways of learning that have worked particularly well for you, I would love to hear about it because I'm always trying to find more ways to improve. So please feel free to share your feedback or your thoughts or experience with me. I'd love to hear from you. And thank you so much for listening, as always. And I will see you next week for the next episode. Bye-bye.